Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we have a very, very special guest on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey. Hey. One night only. One night only. Am I right, Bradley? Yeah. Who do we have? We are very excited to welcome to the show none other than the icon, the celebrity, the woman that you can't wait to hear from, Ms. Coco Peru, who will be in Minneapolis tonight, or I should say is in Minneapolis tonight. Welcome to the show, Coco. Hello, I'm so pleased that I was invited back. Thank you. Yeah, to Minneapolis or the show? Well, your show <laughs> is what course. I meant, but to Minneapolis as well. well You've we, been here a lot. We brought our best weather for you. <laughs> You're welcome. La- I have been here a lot, yes, but this is my last show here in Minneapolis. You know, I heard that um, on your Instagram. Why is it your last show? I'm starting to slow down. Uh Partially because I, I want some new things to come into my life, but also I'm I'm busy caretaking for my 96 year old mother. So when I'm not working, I'm I'm taking care of her, mm. like yeah. a good gay son. Yeah, you really are. You really are. And so, in the in the I'm sorry. In the meantime, in between time, while you are here uh, in Minneapolis, and you're going to be sharing with us. Coco Peru is bitter, bothered, and beyond this evening. Tell us about the show. I mean, everybody knows you as a great storyteller. And um, what what stories are we going to hear in this show this time around? This is probably my least hopeful show, but it <laughs> okay. still has some hope. But um, I came, I wrote it during right as we were coming out of the pandemic. So it it addresses some of that. But also it's about looking at our past and then trying to push forward into you know into the future or the beyond so that's kind of where the title comes from and everybody knows that i'm a i'm part of my shtick is that i'm cranky but i i believe that that's what makes me relatable because we can all find things that we're cranky about and um so my shows although they are autobiographical um they do resonate with with the audience it's often called um gay church although i don't believe my show is just for uh, queer people, it's really meant to be enjoyed by everybody. Well, I will say one thing that is quite relatable is especially kind of over the last couple of years, um, crankiness is a well-known uh, disposition. <laughs> so there, it sounds I hope like- I'm on the right side of, I hope I'm on the right side of crankiness. Like I, I do, Bob the drag queen one time, um, he, he, we were joking and this is before the whole Karen thing came up. And then um, I, years after the whole Karen thing came up, I said, oh, my God, Bob, I'm I'm a Karen. 
And he, he said, you're a Karen with the cause. So I think hmm. there's, there's a distinction there. I'm cranky, but I'm cranky about the right things. I like that. I like that. That's yeah. certainly relatable. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's the thing that I love so much or most about you. Like, we're all cranky, but like there, you know, you might be cranky, but like underneath there is just a warm hug of love when you sit, when I just, I will speak for myself as someone in the audience, you, you can feel the love as you're telling the stories, even if there's a, like you said, a certain amount of crankiness or a certain amount of, um, you know, really, this is the world we're dealing with. But underneath it, I right. think it's because you're, 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 uh, bringing so much love, uh, or you have so much love and optimism, uh, in your life. Can I just ask you about this show in particular and what the last couple of years has meant? How has your storytelling changed post pandemic? Like you find yourself in front of audiences again. Has that changed the way you, you interact? Uh, I, I was really worried about that, and I had a lot of anxiety about that. But I, I, I feel like any performer that really cares about their work, they always have that anxiety. So um, it was just a matter of getting back up on stage and putting yourself out there. And I will say audiences are so appreciative now that you're showing up and that things are getting back to normal. So it, it's it was just um, a wonderful experience to be able to get back on a stage again. The only thing that I will say I'm trying even more so to do is to just make it feel more, even more so intimate. And um, like, I'm really speaking to each person in that audience. Mm. Um, Yeah. We're talking to, I know that sounds corny. No, no. actually, I'm glad you said that because Coco Peru uh, has a one night only here in the twin cities at uh, the brave new workshop. Uh, tonight, and there are tickets available, I understand. Is that correct, Coco? Yes, there are tickets, because I heard Bradley's not coming. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm sorry. There's a seat open. <laughs> and you wonder why I'm cranky, Bradley. I know. I know. <laughs> but, Coco, I was going to ask you, uh, because you said, you know, the uh, the audiences have been really wonderful. Uh, this kind of, I don't, I don't, I, I hesitate to say post-pandemic, but at this point yeah. in, in time. Um, can in you, the pandemic. In the know. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of like what your experience has been with this show on the road, with the intimacy of the audience? And, you know, you did say you're, you're kind of, you know, relating to people in a different way than maybe you have in the past. Yeah, I just, I, I've, I've got to be toot my own horn i've gotten a lot of standing ovations uh doing this show Mm. and i think part of that is because i'm addressing things uh for instance i address um littering i mean it's a quick part of the show (laughs) you can't imagine how many other people hate littering as much as i do yeah the only people who are pro-littering are litterers (laughs) exactly (laughs) So it's just a whole lot of, and I, and, and I speak about my parents in a beautiful way. I speak about um, some of the dark side of being uh, in the public eye and even, even some of the dark stuff that comes from within our own LGBTQ community mm. in the past of what it means to be a drag queen in Hollywood and not always feel like you're uh, accepted. Mm. Things have gotten better. And then you find that sometimes things have stayed the same. So it's a lot of that. And at the very end of it, I feel very blessed to have lasted this long doing drag, a 30-year career or 31 years now. Wow. And um, 
and the fact that it is about all of us continuing to push forward and and that we're especially in the queer community we are survivors and we have to remember that no no matter what we're up against we somehow always survive that's such an important reminder and you know you said 30 years and i was like oh my god i have no like i have just appreciated your work for a good part of those 30 years and i i will just say if you follow coco on instagram i don't know what she takes what kind of pills or supplements (laughs) but you look amazing yeah you are, I mean, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it's it, hard I'll for me <laughs> to believe that you've been doing it for this long, but I'm so grateful you are. And I know many people um, who owe so much, or, you know, that's who, a lot of makeup and good lighting. <laughs> well, and, girl, still yeah. take it because you look amazing. You and, know, I mean, I don't know how much time I have to, to talk, but years ago I was watching Oprah Winfrey and there was this beautiful older black woman that she had on and Oprah asked her like very seriously what is what is your secret like what can you share with us about how to stay so young and she said I have three I have one word moisturize 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 (laughs) and from that day I thought that's that's it I'm gonna moisturize I'm always looking for the answer to life I love it. Secrets. Well, if you're sitting your butt uh, at eight o'clock tonight at the Brave New Workshop, you're going to get a bunch of secrets from Coco Peru and one, or I should say, two lucky listeners. Well, no, one. I think we have a pair of tickets to give away to tonight's show. So if you are at all um, interested in being in a seat this evening with Coco Peru, we've got that pair of tickets. And am I right that they're not just any pair of tickets? Oh, no. no. Oh, no. They're fancy yeah, VIP they're the tickets. They're fancy tickets. Yes. So what do people oh, get yeah. with that VIP? I guess they sit close to me and they can smell my perfume oh. and sweat from the stage. <laughs> um, I may, they may get a little spittle on them. Oh. But then they're invited to the meet and greet and we take photos and have a nice moment together after the show. I love it. It's such a treat to talk to you. I'm so glad that we got a chance to check in and I really hope this is not your last visit to Minneapolis, please, and thank you. Well, thank you so much and I appreciate your support always. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Coco Peru, for joining us. Uh, that is Coco Peru. She'll, yep, she's going to be at the Brave New Workshop again tonight. You can still get tickets. Just go to, um, actually, we can put up a link, mm-hmm. but I know if you go to Flip Phone Events, just Google Flip Phone Events, Coco Peru, you'll get there. And uh, let's give those tickets away. Let's do uh, it. 651-641-10. Oh, we have given... Oh, we gave them away. Good. We gave them away. All, All right. right. So those tickets have been given away. Uh, enjoy yourself, whoever our lucky winner was. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, I don't know that I would call these shocking allegations, but they're shocking allegations uh, that have come out about Warren Beatty. Oh, great. We just have to talk about it after this on My Talk 1071. We have to take a little trip down to a corner that we don't love, uh, but we've visited multiple times in the past few years. We call it Perv Corner. Great. Uh, I'm sorry. This is the Colleen and Bradley Can Show. Can you tell me how to get? You've gotten there. It's a Perv Corner. Here we are. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. Okay, so this um, kind of like made headlines yesterday. Was it yesterday or this morning? It doesn't matter. Warren Beatty is the subject of conversation because he has actually been not named in a suit. Um, So that's actually kind of an interesting piece of this. He hasn't been officially, his name is not used in this lawsuit. 
However, there are indicating factors that allow people to realize that it is Warren Beatty that's the subject of this. Yeah. Uh, so a woman has sued Warren Beatty, accusing him of coercing her into sex in 1973 when she was a minor. She has uh, filed it against Defendant Doe because she never refers to him by name. But... This uh, lawsuit that was filed in court yesterday, nope, Monday, Monday, from uh, her name is Christina Hirsch, identifies him by describing him as a renowned and well-known actor and producer. Uh, And she does mention his role as Clyde and Bonnie and Clyde, or at least mentions Bonnie and Clyde. Um, Now, what's interesting about this is she was 14 at the time. Okay. He was 35 at the time, uh, and I'll kind of, uh, you know, get into some of the details that we know about this story. Okay. But you might be wondering, and I think a lot of people are wondering, like, why now? Sure. Why Why now? Well, she has sued under this 2019 California law that opened a three-year, what they call, look-back window mm-hmm. for claims of child sexual abuse. Uh, and usually those are banned under uh, the statutes of limitation. Sure. But that window expires on January 1st. Okay. So just coming up yeah. in a couple months. So it is an opportune time to get this lawsuit in um, so that it doesn't fall then back under those statute of limitations laws. So that's, you know, one reason why now. Um, but... Uh, your thoughts yet any do you want to hear more no i mean i i don't know anything about this story so you know i was as interested as uh anyone when i saw this i was just curious why perhaps um she doesn't name him so i that actually i that we don't know the answer to but what i what i i mean my assumption which is worth whatever my assumption is worth is that um maybe this is not something that she has wanted to do or get any kind of attention for. And that maybe rather, I don't know, because she names herself. She doesn't go as Jane Doe. It's the defendant that is yeah. defendant Doe. How do you how do you do that? Is that just like for public record's sake? Like, I believe so. Okay. Um, and that's what the, you know, when, when you see the filing, that's it is filed by her, Christine Hirsch. Um, against defendant Joe. Um, it's so I'm going to just tell you some of the details that we know. Oh. And I, I'm just giving you that trigger warning, trigger warning right there. Um, the defendant is accused of taking her on ride. They met on the set of okay. a movie in 1973. And uh, she was 14. Like I said, he was 35. Um, he would take her on rides and offer to help with her homework and then after some time, as they built trust, he asked her questions about her virginity. Uh, at the time, she felt, I mean, like you would at the age of 14, if a very well-known celebrity was paying any kind of attention to you, she felt flattered. Um, but uh, she maybe didn't identify it as being groomed at the time. Um, he, she, The lawsuit says he used his position and status as an adult and Hollywood movie star to coerce sexual contact with the plaintiff on multiple occasions. Uh, and it includes many different versions of that kind of sexual contact. Um, she said that she thought that she was involved in a romantic relationship with a movie star. Um, but that that is not 
how he saw things and um and that's what we know at least at this point okay uh, yeah i'm just i'm trying to read here to see if there's any uh while she does not explicitly name him in the lawsuit mm-hmm. listing him instead as defendant doe her legal team refers to him as the re- so what's interesting is that everybody would actually name him even though she's he's not named right i mean i guess obviously by a process of elimination that's the name you land on but it, it, that's just interesting to me has uh his people or he responded he he has not responded and i i, I double checked right before uh we came back to air with this just to see and i he has not responded you know Warren Beatty has it is like one of the first things you learn about Warren Beatty when you first learn about Warren Beatty is that he has a reputation of um, being like being with a lot of women. Right. But this is sort of a different take on that. Well, yeah, this is a child. She's a child. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he may not. I don't know if we'll hear from him at any point. Um, Holly had said earlier when we were talking about this. You, you don't anticipate that he, he will be speaking or saying anything. Am I right, Halls? Yeah. I, I mean, I have a feeling right now maybe, you know, Warren Beatty's been laying low for quite some time. Every once in a while, he's spotted at Craig's in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like you're going to have to respond, especially if it's a lawsuit. Yeah, at some point. Right? something's going to happen. Interesting. All right. Something to keep an eye out for. Well, it is something to keep an eye out for because sometimes we learn that, uh, you know, when one emerges, we start to hear similar stories come out. So antenna up. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly, we call them D-bags. We'll tell you about them after this on my talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hello. Hello. And uh, the name we call them is D Bags. Presenting D-Bags. Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D Bag? Dr. Richard Westrike. Oh, okay. You don't know him. No, I don't. Uh, you don't know him, but. The U.S. Sun has called upon him to evaluate the face of somebody who you do know, and that is Madonna. Oh, God. Are we talking about like a, uh, what do you call them people? He is a New York cosmetic surgeon. Oh, okay. And he has amassed over 18 years of expertise in the facial plastic surgery sector. So he knows things. And not only will he tell you based on not knowing Madonna, but looking at pictures of Madonna, what she has had done, but also how much money she has spent on it. Oh, he knows things without Boy, actually knowing ever. things. Okay, Would great. Like what does hear? he know? Yeah, please share. Uh, she's had eye work done years ago, lip augmentation. Also, it could be filler, but also implants have been placed in her lip area. Uh, but there's definitely too much volume. Um, some surgeons would ca- uh, charge $150,000 for a facelift. However, uh, you know, you're looking at between $75,000 to $100,000. She might have paid more. He's not really sure. Um, but she's done a whole bunch of stuff and she's totally unrecognizable. Okay. He says once you go over the threshold, it becomes even more noticeable to the casual obs- or observer that something's wrong. But he couldn't comment on what her goals were 
for surgery. Yeah, because he has, he's, first of all, he's, a, is he a doctor? He is a doctor. Interesting. He has amassed over 18 years of expertise in that sector. Well, that's interesting because I would think doctors generally are not supposed to comment on patients that aren't theirs. Right. He doesn't say that. Or at least they don't print that. Um, but he sure had a lot of opinions. Yeah, he's got a lot of opinions, but he doesn't have a lot of knowledge because she's not his patient. So, I mean, yeah. you know, like, also, this is kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, an astrologer just giving you their offhanded opinion about somebody like it's interesting and we'll read it. And for those who are obsessed with the way Madonna looks lately, which I mean, I don't know what's going on, but I haven't really been following that much to pay attention. Right. Uh, also, would it surprise me that someone in Hollywood has a lot of stuff in their face? No, Have you met Hollywood? And that's the thing. That's why I brought him as my D-bag, because, and maybe a little bit the U.S. Sun, because it's like, I don't know. I have eyeballs. I know what Madonna used to look like, and I know she looks a little bit different. Uh, and I could probably guess. <laughs> well, she, looks, she looks a lot. But, she looks a lot different. But, again, but I could I guess care. she's had work. I don't do I need do I need the menu? I don't know. Do I need to know what was on the buffet? No. I see. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, unless you're trying to copy it and then you're like, oh, I wonder what she did. Then in that case, call a doctor and see what they think. And I'm sure, you know, like he might very well be right. Can I also ask about this trend? Uh, because I don't keep up to date. I mean, so, I'm nervous because you're asking me. <laughs> Well, okay, so when I was familiar, you know, we just had a wonderful woman by the name of Coco Peru on who was a drag queen. Mm -hmm. Back when I was familiar with that art form, mm -hmm. personally, I had first-hand experience, you would, uh, one of the first things I would have to do to my face to begin that transformation was remove my eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Now, some people would go all in and like shave their eyebrows. I ain't doing that. So I would have to uh, mat down my eyebrows with a combination of magic stuff. I have noticed of late mm -hmm. that women, they're, uh, Julia Fox being one of them, and now I see this on Madonna, make their eyebrows disappear by bleaching them? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. It's really frustrating, though, for somebody who literally doesn't have eyebrows that had to have them permanently put on and now suddenly oh, it's in fashion yeah. to not have eyebrows. I'm like, I that's, but I don't, I mean, I don't but know. That's like a thing. Is that I, a thing? I don't know. Holly, is that I, a I don't thing? know. Wait, what's a thing? No you know, eyebrows. The, the, the bleached eyebrow look. Oh yeah. They're trying to make that a thing. And they're also trying to bring back eyebrows from the early 2000s. Stop. Well, also there was a period where it was like Sharpies, like Sharpie brows, mm -hmm. like square yeah. Sharpie brows. Oh, yeah, that's a whole aesthetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, yeah, like, I don't care. Like, everybody does their, you know, you do you. I'm I'm here for all of it. But the, 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 the bleached brow thing was interesting. And it's not like bleached brows, bleached hair. It's like dark hair, bleached brows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a look. Yeah, it, it's a look. That's interesting. And Madonna, yeah. it's just because I saw Madonna has that. Oh, yeah, that. because she wants to be hip, happening, and cool. Yeah, she's doing yeah. what the kids are doing. That's right. The yeah. hip, the hot, happening. I just would like it if somebody would, you know, give a heads up on the trends before, like, a person who has the trend spends money to do something that to fix the thing that I used to get made fun of for. I'm, I'm just talking about myself, I guess. So, so next time there's going to be a trend, somebody just tell me. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
Uh, Bradley, who's your D-bag? My D-bag is page six. Why four? Giselle Bündchen secretly buys $11.5 million Miami mansion. Is it a secret now? Okay, uh, here's my tip for you guys. If you're going to tell us, because you know, <laughs> that it's not a secret. That's how it works. It uh, alleges to be an exclusive from one Emily Smith, if indeed that is her real name, that Giselle Bunchen has secretly purchased an $11.5 million Miami home just opposite one Tom Brady. The supermodel splurged, they say, on a stunning five-bedroom, 6,600-square-foot home that has a direct view of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterbacks under construction mats on Indian Creek Island. <sighs> so... First of all, none of that is a surprise to me at all. How many celebrities who get divorced go their separate ways but have children end up purchasing homes very near to each other? Right. Right? Like we. It happens. This happens. In fact, you know, Brittany, that home we talked about, Brittany buying in June, Mm -hmm. uh, that's close to Kevin Federline. Yeah. Not a surprise because they have kids. Oh, look, Kanye West has a home near Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Not a surprise. Exactly. Although I know a lot of people who aren't celebrities who are like, I'm going to get as far away as possible mm-hmm. from my ex. But but anyway, when you're rich and fabulous and powerful, like you, you would buy mansions. Yeah. Like there, it's also, not like there's a bunch of mansiony areas. You're going to be in one area. And close is relative when the yeah. houses are that big. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so none of that is a surprise to me. But also, you can't call it a secret. If you, if it's known, that's not a secret. Like you just told us. And now it's not a secret. How is it a secret if you tell us, if you tell us? I mean, really? You could literally, says uh, page six, you could literally swim from Giselle Bunchen's place to Tom's. Not that they would, because they don't like each other. (laughs) But both homes include a dock. So it would be easy for them to co-parent their children. Yo, yes. You know, I find in 2022 as a non-child having non-parent i can imagine how having uh docs not far from each other really helps you co-parent effectively actually is that an effective parenting strategy therapists actually do recommend to get a doc near your ex's doc although i will say i mean these kids have it made because their parents uh have mansions literally within viewing distance of each other and uh, they'll be able to get on a jet ski and toolon over. Or like a paddle boat or something. Yeah. Get one of those swan paddle boats. Yeah, those that might take a while. It. Oh, really? Ooh. Is it that far away? I haven't looked. Well, no, but I, I just mean like if you had a jet ski, it'd be like, beep, beep. Yeah, just right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they really are close. Well, look at yeah. that. Congratulations. Uh, her home sits on an 18,400 square foot waterfront plot. That's unfortunate. Property says it has soaring 25 foot ceilings. Numerous terraces and a wide waterway plus Indian Creek Island. What? Oh, 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 oh. It has views of a wide waterway and, and Indian Creek Island, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is where Tom Brady's home is going to be. So they can wave at each other. Yeah. That sounds fun. We uh, just have to be really close. You know, we have to have make sure the kids, we just don't want them to have to suffer because of our not being together. I just envision Tom Brady like out in his on his dock with his binoculars like you know checking to see if she's got anybody oh, visiting yeah. you know That's a road to ruin I'm just saying Um congratulations to them and uh we will send them a housewarming gift or her I'm no, sorry I shan't a be doing that because it's a secret gift. Oh so that's right we're not, well, you're supposed, not supposed to know, to know. 
not only do we know that she did it, we secretly, literally like, like she's have like, this the has, address. This has to be a secret. Well, how did how did mm-hmm. but how there, did page six learn? But there's a red circle around it. Certainly, we can figure it out and send her a fruit basket. Yeah, I know that's true. Yeah, but I ain't wasting money on a woman who's got more money than you'll ever have in your life. Oh yeah, that's true. We'll no just offense. drive over there and I just hope for you all great things. Sit outside and <laughs> in abundance. Look at her. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, Bradley Trainer has watched a, a very popular show that I am a huge fan of. Yes, I know you've watched all the seasons. It's called The Crown. Not at all. And he's going to give us all of his thoughts on the new season of The Crown. He's crowning! I'm crowning. <laughs> After this on My Talk 1071. Bradley Trainer has watched my favorite show, and uh, he wants to share. Uh, some thoughts about the show and how to watch it. If you aren't as huge a fan as I am, this is the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk one Oh seven one Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hey. And whenever we talk about TV, we do a little here's what we're watching. live. You, you guys watch that television show together. Don't you? Don't you, don't you? Team Cobra presents. Here's, here's what we're watching live. live. Yes. And I know you try to fool people into think that you're watching the crown. Colleen, but you're fan. not. Big fan. I know that that those of you who love The Crown were excited to learn that we get the fifth season <sighs> this this uh, week. In fact, it was yesterday that the fifth season uh, became available on Netflix. I sat down and watched the very first episode. I have thoughts, I have feelings, and I'm sure those of you who've watched do too. Feel free to, uh, I don't know, drop us uh, an email or tweet if you had similar feelings because I posted something on Insty and got all sorts of messages from people who were like, I felt the very same way. Because, okay, for those of you who don't know, Colleen, I know you're not included in this because no, you've a, watched all I, the seasons. Spoiler alert, yes. she hasn't. Um, <laughs> Holly, I forget, you've watched this show, right? Yes, I have watched all four seasons. All four seasons. So now, for those who haven't, you may not know this, but every two seasons so far, the entire cast changes. Right, because the time changes, right? Yeah, so we're following the life of one Queen Elizabeth II, and the first two years was, you know, when she, right before, and then when she took the throne in her early, uh, I almost said early career, but her early reign as the monarch. And then, of course, the following two brought us into sort of a 70s into the 80s period, uh, wherein... Olivia Coleman played an older queen, you know, a sort of middle-aged queen. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the uh, twilight years, perhaps, or at least the sunset year. I don't know how to... 60-something-year-old Queen Elizabeth. I think we start, and she's about 65 with this first episode. Mm-hmm. And the queen is played by Imelda Staunton, who a lot of people would know from such movies as the ones I can't remember. She played... I have to look um, her up because I don't know her. You, right you would the recognize her. Yes. Vera Drake. Vera Drake. That's what I was thinking of. A lot of people would know mm-hmm. her from. I think she was on Downton Abbey, too. Well, she's married. Oh, yeah, I know that lady. She's married to Mr. Carson in yes, real life. That's right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And and uh, she showed up in later seasons of Downton Abbey. Uh, but she was also in Harry Potter. She was in. Uh, some other stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. moral of the story is she's now playing the queen. We have a new Prince Charles and a new. Uh, Princess Diana. Isn't Prince Charles... Uh, uh, Dominic West. Yes. Yep, Dominic mm-hmm. West plays Prince Charles. Uh, we have uh, Elizabeth Debicki who plays um, Diana. Diana. 
And we've got Jonathan Price, who plays Prince Philip, and Leslie Manville is playing Princess Margaret, the Queen's sister. There are all these other people, though, and so I just, you know, we can talk about that in a moment, but I just wanted to say top line. I love the crown. I'm here for it. I've missed these people, even though I don't know this particular incarnation. I've missed the storytelling from uh, the crown. So I'm grateful. I'm here for it. I'm not so sure I'm here for the casting because Amelda Staunton is great. And I think I'm going to love her even more as we go forth. It's hard. The first episode, Mm because it's that thing. It's like the thing I relate everything to like this is Doctor Who, where when you get a new doctor, you're always like, I don't know. Am I really going to like am I really going to like this doctor? And then halfway through the season, you're like, okay, I'm all on board. Well, I think that's hard. You know, when you've loved kind of the last phase, it's always difficult to adjust to a new person's depiction. Oh yeah. Um, But you know, it'll, I'm sure you'll settle in. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I will say that um, it's kind of a slow start. I don't really think I care for Dominic West as Prince Charles because Here's what I know about Dominic West. He is a very attractive, a very captivating, a very visually and aesthetically a poignant human being. Prince Charles. Oh, old sausage fingers. <laughs> well, it's not that Prince Charles Prince Charles is homely or anything, right? But but there's just there's it's a different presence that he brings to the role and very likely, hopefully what will happen is what often happens is that the individual people will fade into the background as their characters come forward. And I realize that that's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far I'm like, I think Dominic West is a little too sexy for Prince Charles. Cause mm-hmm. you're and a little too like assertive. Like there's something just that didn't hit right. A little too leading Manny about Oh, him. yeah. His uh, Dominic West's brows are furrowed in a handsome way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you just, you know, uh, I forget the actor's name now because I don't have his name in front of me. But the actor who played, the younger actor who played a, a younger Prince Charles with during the previous two seasons, he, he it's not that he's homely at all. He's a very attractive uh, human. But there was another quality that stood out more prominently that allowed him to just sort of convincingly portray Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, I'm going to quibble. sausage finger. Uh, I'm going to quibble. Josh O'Connor played. Josh O'Connor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Prince Charles. Uh, we also got to see Claire Foy. Uh, spoiler alert, although I'm not giving anything away. There was a flashback in the first season. Claire oh, Foy nice. played the queen the first two seasons. And so there was a flashback with her. And I was like, oh, God, I've missed all of these people. Sorry, I'm done. Do you have any questions? I know... You've already I'm watched an expert, everything. So no, honestly, actually, my one question is because if I were going to dip into a season, it would be this season because it is a time that I remember and I feel a connection to. Yeah. And so, um, or I don't know what year it starts in, but this is an era of the royal family that I would feel connected to. And so it's like, ah, uh, it's a little easier sell. So if I were to dip in. Uh, what are your thoughts on how I would prepare myself? Yeah, that? no, that's a great question. In fact, we struggled with this in our home. By struggle, I mean not really, but we talked about it in our home because Jamie has not watched previously episodes. You, just, you of, spent a lot of preparation yes, time, weeks. Yes. Did you no. make flowcharts? Yes. Uh, no, he, I was like, we need something to watch, and the crown comes out this week, and I'm going to watch it. I think you should join me. And he's like, I have not watched any of this before. 
which is a lie because in previous seasons, I he would frequently end up on the couch and pretend that he wasn't watching, and I could tell he was. Mm-hmm. Regardless, doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about it. He's not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I said it doesn't matter because this is a whole new cast. It's a whole new era. I think this is a great place to jump in precisely for the reason that you mentioned, Colleen, which is, you know, like you, I think he also would appreciate he would identify and know kind of what was going on Mm -hmm. enough to feel like he was interested in it. That said, I don't think he was particularly interested in the in the first episode. Um, And I don't know if he'll watch any of the other episodes. Because I will say there is a quality to the show, which I appreciate, Mm -hmm. which is a slow build. Right. It is not going to hit you this season. The first episode is not going to hit you with some over the top, you know, sort of like you're at the top of the roller coaster and you're going to, you know, go right down into a big loop de loop. Well, I mean, and that's not entirely unexpected, right? Because they have to like reset the table with the current like you know who everybody is yeah, and yeah, not yeah. distract you with some large scandal um but but are there because one of, I will say cuz I did really watch enough of the first season to know that even though it is a dramatized version of the story of the royal family yeah. or the story of uh of the queen yeah that it is there are some things like that you will recognize that actually happened, even though what's happening around them is dramatized. Yeah. in the first season, of course, a lot of world history is happening that people would be familiar with. But then the the beautiful thing about the crown and the way that uh, Peter Morgan has written the crown is that you're going to go down these other historical side uh, shoots or side uh, sort of rabbit holes that people didn't really know about. And you're like, Oh, and then you'll read up about it after the episode. Uh, the same is true for every season going forward, and I know this this season will be the exact same thing. I'm going to learn about things I thought I knew about. Mm-hmm. The first episode, I will say, addresses some of the very things that the criticism uh, people have lodged towards the show has addressed. Meaning, you'll remember there was this controversy with our good friend Dame Judi Dench mm-hmm. uh, that... You know, she's concerned people won't understand that this is a fictional telling mm-hmm. of the story. By the way, I didn't notice any fictional warning when I turned it on. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, Judy. So I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I don't, I also don't care. I did post on Instagram, like my favorite reality show's back because mm-hmm. it's not a reality show, but <laughs> she was acting like everybody was dumb. <laughs> anyway, uh, the moral of the story is the first episode deals with this rumor that. Uh, or innuendo that Prince Charles wanted to kick his mom off the throne, which is hurt. That's rude. (laughs) Yeah. Figuratively and uh, (laughs) literally. Um, And, and then that's not something I think many people knew about, or at least, Mm -hmm. you know, even those of us who were like, Oh yeah, we know what's going on. That said really quickly. I just also wanted to say of the casting, there are all these other people you will recognize, but you won't at first because you're like, "Uh, who are all these people? But you start to remember Fergie, Andrew, mm-hmm. uh, John Major, who was the prime minister at the time, all these people in the background and sort of showing up, you're like, 
Oh, um, that's who those people are. Because yeah. we are now in an age when, you know, many of us listening, at least, were alive. Mm-hmm. And even if we weren't, like, keenly aware of, of uh, what those people were doing day to day, we certainly knew them, right? Right. Uh, okay, well, I'll let you know if um, I join you on this uh, journey. Please but do. Thank you but for, you could dip in. You, yeah. could, you don't have to watch all the other stuff. I mean, I do appreciate that, right? Because there as much as it's difficult to believe, there are other people like me who haven't kept it's up true. with it. So uh, thank you, Bradley, for your thoughts on The Crown. When we come back on The Colleen and Bradley Show, thoughts on Harvey Weinstein. Sorry, we'll be back after oh, this on my talk